Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 26th of July 2015. I always find it interesting when you see the system in which we live, we're born into it, it's already pre-existent. And it's a system, we live in, always live in systems. There's a feudal system, or whatever they want to call it, uh, for the particular era. It's, and it, it doesn't really vary, you'll find. The terms vary, feudalistic and so on, and, and, and democratic. And so, but it really doesn't really make a lot, an awful lot of difference in many, many other ways. It's always the same system, and it's based on this odd thing called money. I mean, I say odd in the way it's set up at present. It's nonsensical, the way it's set up at present. And it's set up by those who already have most of it, you see, and always was. But it's comical to, to watch the, the upgrading of the system you're born into. And it's sometimes subtle, the upgrading of the whole system, as you're trained into a new phase of it. And sometimes it's very overt and harsh and so on. We, we see this, of course, with economic supposed crashes and things like that, which are generally manufactured by the big boys who pull the strings in the money system. And they end up uh, scoring a lot of cash and property and various other things when they do the crashes in various countries. But it, we get trained so carefully into it now because the delivery of what's called news today is vastly different from the news that was delivered to us even 40 years ago. Very, very different. Before, more of a, a show had to be given to the public. Uh, when some big decree was made, they'd always bring out the politicians who are in charge of certain departments, even though they, they definitely argued on, from the scorecards given to them by their, their advisors, etc., who were the permanent civil servants in those days. And uh, the politicians were appointed to those positions, but they had to give some kind of excuse as to why they did things to the general public. A more in-depth excuse than they do today. Today is simply decrees, in a sense, and policies are simply given to the public. This is past, that's past, and so on. And nothing is really explained any, any further to the general public as to why these things are happening. And that's part of the training now. Because the populations now are supposed to start to accept the fact that they're, they're, there's a, a special tier of people above them that just exist there in all generations that manage everything on your behalf. So don't, don't interfere, don't look into it because it's too complex for you to look into. Just accept it and do your little things and have your hobbies, etc., and go and play and work and all the rest of it. And that really is the training that we're getting upgraded into today. You'll notice there's a kind of hush across the world as we go through this prolonged stagnancy, supposedly, of what's called economic growth. Uh, a farcical concept to start with, that there's always going to be economic growth and that things are always going to get better and better in a system that cannot ever promote it, or, or actually fulfill it, put it that way, economic growth, when always the same boys who push all this stuff tinker with the value of your currency and constantly devalue it. It's devalued every single year of your life and your parents before you and grandparents before them. So you can't really accumulate enough wealth to sit back and breathe a bit easier 
uh, and say, that's fine, I've got X amount of bucks put by, I should be okay when I retire, etc. Because they devalue it so, so fast, so incredibly fast now. I mean, you take 40 years ago, uh, someone putting money into a retirement uh, savings plan 40 years ago, and, and then they're retiring. Well, for every dollar, for instance, they put into the, to the savings plan, X amount of dollars, many, many amounts of times over, have been made by the investors on that. But the person themselves don't get that, that gave the dollar in the first place. They don't get that all back at the end of it. And even if they did, uh, it'd be worth uh, uh, a piddling amount because it's constantly being devalued. You buy quite a few cups of coffee for a dollar 40 years ago. Quite a few. Today, some coffee stores now, it's $3 for a coffee. You see? So your currency is always being devalued. And we're trained that somehow this is normal. A normal system. It's utterly farcical. And uh, we've been run by the big central banks for way too long. And this clique of central banking systems with the clique of IMF above them, that runs all the central banks, supposedly, and the, the Bank for International Settlements above that. We've been run way too long with this farcical system that's just nothing but a con game, basically, because it gives power to an even smaller amount of people to run the financial affairs and the value systems of the entire planet on an economic basis. But we're taught that somehow this is quite... It's too complex for you to understand, you're in, you see? So, so there you go. I mentioned many times that supposedly, this is the standard theory they'll give you, the money was introduced as a substitute for goods, you see, like a token. And you could, before that, you had nothing but barter. And so you could barter your, your sack of corn for a sack of something else. And it was between the two people who bartered as to how much they should swap each other. But once you bring money into the equation, it's never the same from one month to the next. It goes up and down like a yo-yo because now you have the guys in between now manipulating the, supposedly the value of the currency by a lot of bogus science and and plundering everybody until the guys with the corn is changing for a sack of wheat or barley or something is getting shortchanged all the time. Where does that shortchanging go? It goes to the guys who manage the money system. And we're taught it's all quite natural and normal and all the rest of it. But we're really, really at the pinnacle of it today, where everybody wants something out of that $1 that you earn. Every, every single person out there, every business does too. Hence, you have so much advertising. Trying to tell you, uh, you need this, buy it. Even though you never thought about it before, it's all done in employment fancy. But even with the, the, the limited amount of money, that people have today, most folk across, say, the U.S., Canada, and other European countries, the limited amounts of income they have today, as far as purchasing power goes, they're really limited, and they can't afford to buy very much at all now. And once you get governments like the U.S. mandating a hefty, hefty annual fee for Medicare and so on, on every individual, or else you go to prison, because it's democracy they live in, you see, then you find that many of the low-end retailers and so on are noticing the massive drop because that was their spending money that's going to go off in insurance now. That was a lot of spending money for a lot of people and they just don't have that cash anymore. So you understand that, that um, 
this whole concept of of uh, sustained growth and, and blah, blah, is utter rubbish. And at the same time, we're told by the UN and everybody else out there that the gulf, the, I've been hearing my whole life long, the gulf between the, the rich and the poor it isn't a, a little thing you can jump over. It's, it's like mountain ranges that are hundreds of miles apart now. And it gets worse and worse and worse because the money scams now are so perfect. And they've made it complex. When anything that's to do with simple mathematics becomes ultra-complex, you know you're being conned. You really know you're being conned, folks. Very simple. But you see, you're, you're taught and you're trained not to think about these big, complex affairs and just to sleep through your lives and play. And, and, and you can go off on the internet and get lost in magic lands and everything or any pornography of where else they're pushing out there, uh, which really is like sticking a, a teat into a, a baby's mouth, one of these rubber things to stick it in their mouths to keep them quiet. That's what you get. That's what you get. You've been, you've been kept in perpetual arrested development, basically. Your school system is a joke, and everybody knows it today. When they go up against the Chinese-educated people or other countries too, it, it really stands out like a sore thumb, doesn't it? Because they don't want adults in the West anymore. They want simple, obedient people who can't think too deeply about things because they have no critical, analytical Abilities they haven't been trained, it's been drummed out of them. In fact, if they had it at all, if it was innate, and they can't figure things out, so they just simply go out one place. Yep, there are special people who do manage the world, and it's too complex for me to understand. I'll just go and work and play. Now, everything that happens in this chronology system is managed that way, it's meant to happen, including the crashes. We've had exposés in the past from various sources to do with different big wigs or big money managers who play the stock market and crash countries' economies, like George Soros, and get away with it because they make sure that, that their boys in the law side of things never change the laws so they can, they can do it over and over again. And again, we're taught this is normal. We watch millions of people losing their homes over the banking scams, utter frauds have on, of pure, utter greed. Uh, and conology again, as mortgages were flipped and flipped and flipped and upped in price and up in price and sold off, just like bonds, and eventually it all crashes. But bought, the money went somewhere, it didn't go to money heaven. Or if this money heaven is there somewhere, it's, it's definitely someone's got the key to it, obviously. It's managed that way. And until the system, and, and I can't see it ever happening. I mean, people are, again, I used to get this from the movies. The movies used to give you always happy endings out of terrible situations. There was always a happy ending, you see, because people really want that. They really want happy endings. They want to believe that everything's got a purpose for the good. And so at one time, screenwriters always had to make sure there were happy endings, even if the original stories that were taking to make movies and so on uh, didn't have the happy ending. They'd, they'd change it for the happy ending affair. Even some of the operas had that. I mean, there was one opera 
um, back in the 1800s, I think they showed it in, in Italy. And there were riots at the end of it because the two lovers couldn't get together. It was just terrible and all the rest of it. And they had riots in the streets after it. And so they had to change the, the ending of the opera to make them all happy. That's a human, a, a human concept that you must always have happiness at the end of something, a, a kind of natural reward of some kind for doing all the right things, you see. But it, life doesn't work out that way. If I used to be surprised, really surprised to look at some of the evilest people in the world lived to such an old age because they didn't worry. They're, they're psychopathic, you see. And there's lots of them out there. And when they breed in, uh, in rich families who've been plundering countries and nations and, and causing wars across the planet for centuries, when they breed with other similar families and inbreed and inbreed, you get more and more of the psychopathic gene showing through. Then it doesn't mean they're stupid, not at all. They simply don't have the compassion, and they see nothing wrong in literally plundering millions of folks out of their homes. Nothing. They literally don't see anything wrong with it, because they're psychopathic. And it's for their betterment, so they see it's okay, it's fine, that's good, you see. We also have a, uh, when you're run by psychopaths, the, the psychopaths give you a psychopathic culture to follow. That means that you may not be a psychopath, but you have many of the traits, you'll foster many of the traits in yourself. As you say, I want to get up there, I want to be a winner, etc., etc. And you start to grossly and perversely admire extreme wealth. And therefore, you'll start to do things which you know you shouldn't do. That's the difference between you and a psychopath. You, you feel a bit of guilt or something there that you know it's just kind of wrong, but, but you'll still go ahead because you've got this idea that if you win, then somehow you'll be acclaimed by the people themselves, this amorphous thing called the people. And it's true to an extent because the public are kept down at the bottom have two ways out of things, you know, they either rob a bank uh, or they win a lotto or a scratch and win ticket, you see, to get cash because they know they're never going to get it by their hard work. That's a system we think is normal. And the whole population, therefore, are psychopathic in their culture because it doesn't matter what tyrant gets up there who becomes stinking, 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 ultra-rich without the massive fallout behind them of carnage that is created on the way up? They'll admire him. And that's sad. That is awfully sad. Because when you start admiring characters like that, when those characters do go into the big Bill Gates-type eugenics programs and get, get on board with it all, thinking that they're all gods, you see, with the right to tinker with the planet and everybody on it, then if they want to eliminate a lot of you down there, you that admire them, simply because they're stinking rich, then you will then convince yourself, well, I guess it, it could go and annihilate me because I'm really nothing, I'm, I'm really nothing special. So I guess he's got the right to do that. You understand you keep belittling yourself as you keep elevating these tyrants up there. 
And don't think for a minute they get up there by hard work. It doesn't work like that. You think about today's system with the IMF all over the place managing whole countries' affairs, not just their financial system. Remember, since everything springs from finances in this system, because they made sure that's how it was going to be a long time ago, uh, then uh, whatever happens in the financial system affects all your lives in many, many, many ways. Right down to, can I afford to eat? Or is this currency worth, you know, 10,000 peso for a coffee? And again, too, the boys who control all this don't want to let it go. Therefore, the, the, what, like the CDC and everything else they have out there and the FDA and all the things that are put out there, and you, you're trained from, or you, you cannot accept through osmosis uh, and think, you think you've reasoned through all why they're there, why they exist. Well, they're there to protect us against this or that. No, they're not. They're fronts with the big corporations that poison you and things like that. And make sure there's things on the market that you're eating there that you shouldn't be. You see? Well, it's the same with the IMF and the BIS. Should have cut out the I and call it the BS. But it's the same with all these institutions, which are private, by the way. And you think they're out there to manage the world's affairs and money and to make an honest system. Make an honest system. If it was an honest system, look at some of the old movies you can see, the old black and white ones, where they actually have movies about a big robbery of $5,000. Movies. But that's way back in the days when gasoline, for instance, was about 15 cents a gallon. Why is it your money is constantly devalued and you think it's normal and if you're an employee, you go to the cap in hand every year, the boss expecting to get that little raise. Why should you get that little raise? Why do you have to keep getting raises every darn year and you get no further ahead? Well, it's because the, the currency is devalued and its purchasing power is less and less every year. It can tangibly buy less and less every year. And yet we all go and most folk, I don't, but most folk go and vote every year for a system that doesn't work for them. And out of that, you get the same standard rubbish we've been given by the big boys for a long time. You get this thing called capitalistic societies or fascistic, call it what you want. And then you get the supposed opposite, the Marxist system of fairness with, you know, other people who who will get into power and and they'll dictate how your life should be run because they know better, you see. They know better. And, and all that's kind of rubbish that goes on and on and on. We always get the same, same things over and over again. But getting back to the, all the associations that manage your money, it's staggering how many institutions are involved in planning what that value is going to be today or tomorrow. It's staggering. And most of them are private committees. Privately run committees. Nothing to do with democracy. But they literally scheme and plan to wreck whole nations' economies. 
while they profit of all and have those nations under their thumbs. We've already seen how many of the countries that joined the euro, supposedly according to their population uh, and their gross domestic product nonsense, etc., had to have X amount of bucks and ability to, to produce, to join the European Union. Something that nobody wanted except the guys that planned it all. And they brought in some of the biggest banks off the planet to assess some of the countries to see if they were eligible to join the Union. And that's what happened with Greece, like they did with all the other ones too. But you see, I'm sure that the plans for Greece were done long before even heard of the European Union. And that when we first heard of the European Union and this big mega parliament they have there running all the countries, like satrapies, I'm sure they already had it all planned from the very beginning what countries are going to take down and how they're going to take them down. Because it gave to, 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 to Brussels the power to dictate the economies of every single country. Never mind the immigration quotas per year, etc. And all the other agendas they had planned. It's all been pretty well fulfilled. Europe's gone, folks, mostly. It's mostly gone now. And these people still go and vote. And they think, oh, it's all normal, isn't it? No, it's not. It's planned that way. Everything's always planned that way. Now, here's an example of this fantastic system we, we are born into. And it says the International Monetary Fund is said to urge China to exit measures to prop up stocks. This is sort of urge China to eventually unwind the measures taken to stem a stock sell-off that wiped out almost $4 trillion in market value. The Washington-based fund told the Chinese government that while interventions in general are appropriate to prevent major disorder, I guess that's a technical term, eh? prices should be allowed to settle through market forces. That means that someone else outside of China is after control of their markets and their monetary, complete monetary policy. Now, don't think for a second that China's private. The big boys already conquered the West and managed all the money systems, and everything comes from money at the very top. Your whole system down below runs off that money system. So if you run the money system, you run the nations, basically. Now it's the world they're after. But they want everything in China now, you see. So it says, because uh, that's what China did. They had uh, the market drop and all the rest of it, and they, they ordered uh, major sh- uh, stockholders and so on not to sell off stocks, but to hold them. But it says that Chinese officials assured the lender that measures should be considered temporary. The IMF didn't link its concern, here's the key, over the stock market intervention to the fund's review this year. See, this is, China wants to get in to the global market where their currency is equal or, or getting the same kind of status as, as the US dollar or the British pound and things like that. And the big boys that control the rest of the world are after total control of China's as well, you see. So you create a crisis in China, and then you go in to supposedly help them as you plunder them, you see, which they've done in every other country before, before China. But it says here, 
It didn't look as concerned over the stock market intervention to the fund's review this year or where to endorse the yuan, that's the currency, as a reserve currency. The person said this week, this suggests that as long as the market measures don't become permanent, China still has a path to secure the International Monetary Fund's approval. Imagine having to secure some private organization's approvals about anything to do with your own country, eh? By continuing to open its financial system, meaning the big boys already own the Bank for International Settlements, the IMF and all the rest of it, all these big global private institutions want to control all of China's as well. The IMF's currency review is focused on a well-defined set of criteria, including longer-term efforts to open the nation's financial system, meaning they can take it off them, and develop capital markets, while their fake derivatives not sink in the West. It says that Chinese policymakers went to unprecedented lengths to put a floor under the market as the Shanghai Composite Index slumped more than 30% in four weeks. And it says, um, in an effort to bolster consumer confidence and prevent soured loans backed by equities from infecting the financial system, China banned large shareholders from selling stakes, ordered the state-run institutions to buy shares and let more than half of the companies on mainland exchanges halt their trading. So the IMF is in discussions with China over adding the yuan. So there's some kind of deal here. If you want the yuan to be floated in the world's currency, uh, like other currencies, then here's the deal. It's not happening by itself, folks. So it wants the special drawing rights, you see, which is the same thing as the British pound, the dollar, and all the rest of it. The extent of China's market intervention prompted some analysts to speculate that it would hurt the yuan's prospect of winning inclusion in the reserve currency group. The yuan's chances dropped as a result of the market slump and government involvement. So anyway, it all means basically that this big, big economic game is going on by the big guys that, that really run the stock markets at the top. They own it all. Not the little guy at the bottom that follows all the rules at the top. But the guys at the bottom who think, well, I'll follow so-and-so, he's a winner. Well, that winner always gets out just a, a, a seconds before that particular thing is intended to crash and you lose it all. You see? It's, it's all rigged. Because the guys at the top of the 200-odd families literally run the whole stock market system. They slush billions, billions each every day across the world in the stock market. And then you get this, you see. You understand, if you go back in history, just go back in history, even a few hundred years, and you'll see the same rackets to do with money and those that manage it at the top, creating big balloons, basically, of of fake, fake money and credits and all the rest of it, and crashing economies over and over and over and over again. And they never change the laws to stop them. Then they give you, just like the, the, the FDA is there to help you eat good food, eh? Oh, oh, oh. And all that kind of stuff. And the drugs are taken. It won't kill you. Meanwhile, the board of the FDA basically is made up of folk who either have worked with all the big pharma companies or else they go back in and out like a revolving door between the FDA and pharma constantly. But they give you the BIS, Bank for International Settlements. It's there to help you, the Bank for International Settlements. Yeah, you sure? It says the world is defenseless against the next financial crisis, warns the BIS. 
if it's, that's the case, folks, it was planned that way. Big plans are always afoot. Because economic warfare is a very old tradition with these guys, these racketeers. It says the world will be unable to fight the next global financial crash as central banks have used up their ammunition trying to tackle the last crisis the Bank for International Settlements has warned. The so-called Central Bank of Central Banks launched a scratching critique of global monetary policy in its annual report. The BIS claimed that central banks have backed themselves into a corner after repeatedly cutting interest rates to shore up their economies. These low interest rates have in turn fueled economic booms, encouraging excessive risk-taking. Booms have then turned to busts, which policymakers have responded to with even lower rates. Claudio Borio, head of the organization's monetary and economic department, said persistent, exceptionally low rates reflect the central banks and market participants' response to the unusually weak post-crisis recovery as they fumble in the dark in search of new certainties. It's all planned that way. We're always being plundered. I've said it so many times that the big banks in concert and the boys above them, and that's not your local little street banks and so on, these are the boys at the very, very top, they plan this in concert, and they plunder nations at least tw- at least twice a century. And they should call that depressions. Now they won't use that term, they call it recessions, or a, a slowing off the economy, and all these farcical terms they use. You see. So, it's the same thing over and over, that's all it is. Same thing over and over, as they enrich themselves at your expense. And in Canada... They're back to the old game of dropping the dollar. So it's supposed to get better foreign investment. It makes the dollar cheap, you see. So the, the currency that you, you have to live on, you have no option but to live on it in your country, goes up and down like a yo-yo because some guys at the top, and you generally don't even know their names, most folk don't even know who they are, decide to devalue it, you see. Which again makes it more expensive for you to buy things back home. In your own country, your basic commodities and food and all the rest of it, and then everything goes up in price and up in price because you need more of that paper to, or blips on the screen, doesn't matter what, which, which, which you use basically. You need more and more of it for, to try and get the same thing, just to survive. And we call this sanity. What a farce, eh? But anyway, the Korean dollar drops to its lowest level since 2004. If you notice everything is, is from Planet X nonsense to everything else that's out there, or everyone's, or, 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 or planetary catastrophe through climate change, everything is like, it's like being back in the Middle Ages when the high priest would say, oh, if you don't give us all your cash and, and bow down to us, then we'll, we'll blot the sun out, because it was, they knew it was going to be an eclipse. And, and it's the same cons today, same racketeering, folks of threatening you with, with observation and God knows what else, you see. It's a perfect art today. But anyway, here we go. This is, um, the dollar closed at 76.70 cents against the US dollar. Down 0.53 cents. That's lower than the, 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 the amount the loonie cost. The loonies with their name for the dollar closed on March the 9th, 2009. And it says it's been a downward slide since last summer when the price of oil started to weaken. 
you understand that if things got cheaper in a normal real economy, a real economy, got cheaper at times and more expensive at times and cheaper at times, back and forth, uh, it shouldn't affect, because of one thing, like the price of oil, right? Why on earth does your price of bread go up? Why does everything go up? Huh? And it says that the oil prices dropped below $50 U.S. market in trading Wednesday, while gold traded for less than $1,100 U.S. an ounce. It says oil is beginning to roll over once again. We know in Canada, and it's been discussed many times, three guys from the U.S. decide what the value or the cost of your oil is going to be every day. Three guys in the U.S., and what your, the price you're going to pay at the pump is going to be for gasoline. Nothing to do with market forces. And again, Dora seesawed around parity for several years before starting to fall through 2014 and into this year, when its pace of decline has quickened. Now, Canada did the bailouts the last time too, same as the States did and every other country did. They got plundered with this global war that goes on with the big boys that rigged economies and they regulate the price of money and all the rest of it. We, we uh, also had to bail out our banks here. It's kept very quiet in Canada. You find that with Britain and the, the, the so-called provinces that they have across the world, or dominions, that's what they used to call them. Uh, their commonwealth. You, you find that they're more, they're more suave and sophisticated than the U.S. But in that, I mean, they're much more secretive in what they're going to tell the general public. And they denied at the time that Canadian banks needed to get bailed out. And it was all a lie, because they did bail them out with our tax money. That's how it's been suave and sophisticated from an old system. Makes you make you more, uh, you're a better liar, really. And they get away with it, too. Anyway, it says, we are, we are almost $10 below that, and blah, blah. The last time the, the dollar was this low, the U.S. economy was in dire shape as well. This time around, uh, Button says, as it's a guy, I guess, Canada's likely head into recession at a time when the U.S. economy and dollar is doing well. A volatile situation. It's all nonsense because all, all the U.S. does is get the Federal Reserve to dictate, oh, the dollar's worth X amount. And it's not. It's not. It's, it's all. It truly is the king has no clothes. It truly is that, you see. Since higher interest rates in the U.S. in 2015 will be a stark reminder of just how advanced the recovery is south of the border. Well, that's not what I'm hearing from folk in the States. They're recovering. There's folk email me all the time who are losing their jobs, even their part-time jobs. The cost of living down there is way up, up too. It's going up all the time, as it is in Canada, you see. But this, this game that they play with, with what your dollar is supposed to be worth compared to somebody else's, why do you have to even compare your money to anybody else's to start with? You, you take your whole concept of what government was, was based on you elected folk to take care of certain priorities so that the people could survive well inside a nation. Right? Well, that was tossed out long ago when the money boys took everything over. And that wasn't very long, actually. And and once they once they, they then they start comparing your the, oh your your currencies are only worth the X amount of this you know over over yonder, 
So what? That was the whole idea of even the Monroe Doctrine in the U.S. and other doctrines that got there. They used to believe that you kept yourselves to yourselves, don't get involved in foreign wars and politics, and you encourage manufacturing of all kinds inside your own nation so you're self-sufficient inside your own country. With this interdependence they've been pushing through the Council on Foreign Relations mandate and the Rolling Street for International Affairs they've had for 100 years, private clubs, you see, to create interdependence across the world between nations, binding them all together, then you'll see that the, that the currency wars are simply part of their plan to take everything over. That's all it is, folks. That's all it is. Because none of our nations now could survive without the imports because we produce nothing at home pretty well. And it's planned that way. The same guys from those organizations that set up the IMF, that's the Royal Institute of International Affairs, they set up the IMF, the World Bank, the BIS, all run by them, a private club, a clique, to own the planet for themselves and run it properly, as you say. And the first thing you do is make sure no nation can be independent. And if you can't be independent and you become dependent, then you're really, you've had it. If you can't feed your own folks at home by growing it all inside your own countries, if you can't give them the work across the board in your own countries, once you even create massive permanent welfare systems, that's all part of it too, to take up the slack from all the folk who lose work. You've had it, you're owned by somebody else. And it's not the system you thought it was. And it's certainly not the system that your great-grandfather thought it was. This is a plan, and yet you it's incredible the plans we live through, most folk don't even know it. It's incredible to me. Now, your ads... All these institutions, the UN, the UN too, remember, was created by uh, the Royal Institute for International Affairs. At that time, it was, a, it was a shadowy group before they had that title. And Lord Alfred Milner was the boss of it. They, they were the guys who created all the overseas wars on behalf of the, the wealthy boys in Britain. In fact, it was made up of the sons, often, of the top international bankers of the day. And they set up the League of Nations, and then that turned into the United Nations. So they, they run that too. So like everything else that's out there you think has got a particular function. No, sorry folks. What it says and what it does are completely opposite poles from each other. Anyway, it says Bill C-51. This is the bill in Canada to do with basically spying upon all the public and everyone else too. And the sharing of data on everybody amongst all different agencies. And they go to the, the UN with the objection to it, the folk who aren't happy with it, you see. Uh, all the appointed groups, they also are often umbrellas of the UN. Uh, and it says here, Bill C-51 is not in keeping with Canada's international obligations. The UN's first review in 10 years of Canada's compliance with an international rights treaty has resulted in concerns being raised on a swath of issues from pay equity to new anti-terror legislation. 
In a report released Thursday, the UN's Human Rights Committee said positive steps have been taken since the last time Cairns' adherence to the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights was reviewed, including the ratification of an international treaty on the rights of people with disabilities. But the report found far more to be concerned about than praised, detailing more than a dozen areas where it finds Canada's approach is lacking. Amongst the committee's worries is that sweeping powers contained in the new anti-terror bill may not contain enough legal safeguards to protect people's rights. In particular, the report raised doubts about elements of the legislation known as C-51 that expand the mandate of the Canadian Security Intelligence Service, the new information sharing regime between security agencies and the changes to the no-fly program. The committee takes a note of the state party's need to adopt measures to combat acts of terrorism, including the formulation of appropriate legislation to prevent such acts, it says. But it goes on to say the state party should refrain from adopting legislation that imposes undue restrictions on the exercise of rights under the covenant. The government should consider rewriting the law to ensure it complies, impose better safeguards so information sharing doesn't lead to human rights abuses, and put in place oversight mechanisms for security and intelligence agencies, the report says. Concerns raised by the committee mirrors the position of a number of civil rights organizations who appeared in Geneva earlier this month to present their perspective to the committee on how well Canada is meeting its international obligations. Now, what's an international obligation? It's all these different treaties and everything. Nobody gets to vote on any of these things, remember. None of the citizens do. Now, this... <laughs> These NGOs and so on that complained to the United Nations also says the concerns of non-governmental organizations are also reflected in a number of other issues raised in the report, including the lack of a national inquiry into murdered and missing Aboriginal women and the seeming reluctance on the part of the government to exercise oversight on Canadian mining companies operating abroad who could be running afoul of human rights in foreign countries. It says the committee regrets the absence of an effective independent mechanism with powers to investigate complaints alleging abuses by such corporations that adversely affect the enjoyment of the human rights of victims and of legal framework that could facilitate such complaints. It, said. it says during the review, the Canadian government took the position that the covenant only applies to Canadians in Canada not those working overseas, I guess that's in the in in Canadian mines overseas. Understand, it comes to utter massive profit at the top by the big boys, the really big boys. Human nature, their human nature has never changed. It doesn't matter if you go back to the, the times um, of the Industrial Revolution in Britain or elsewhere. They caused such incredible misery for the workers. They were just like they were in China, pretty well locked in their factories, you might say. And uh, for 12 hours at a stretch, sometimes 16 hours a day. Human nature doesn't change when it comes to this perverse thing for ultimate, ultimate, ultimate greed. You understand, greed goes to an extent where it literally is perverse. It's, it's an aberration. But that is a system we live within, you see. It's aberrant. Until they've trained everybody, as I've said before, that they want to also be aberrant and get up there, but they can't. They can't get up there. You're not allowed in. It's a private club, you see. And then this article here goes on to talk about another write-up, basically, on the same thing. Journalist group and civil liberties association start constitutional challenge to the anti-terrorism bill C-51. 
and Toronto-based organizations file a lawsuit against the most dangerous legislation we've had in recent Canadian history, it says. But nothing's going to change in that respect because with the technology and the electronic spying, the, 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 the world's are oyster today. They're not going to give up any power. They want more and more power over every single individual. That's part of the, the big long-term plan, of course. It's pretty well there. And then you get this article here. American Catholic schools embrace the Pope's climate change encyclical. Now, the Pope gave out that encyclical after supposedly consulting with the top radical environmentalists on the planet, basically, who are paid awfully handsomely by the big boys to push the, the terror, the terror, the terror, we're all going to die, etc. Anyway, the Pope's gone along with it. And again, this Pope, this Pope, remember, was from a, a nation that had, uh, and he's Jesuit too, but they had the Jesuit uh, liberation theo- theology wars down in Latin America. And he's, he's falling into the whole thing. But it says, Pope Francis released his encyclical last Thursday condemning consumerism for turning the planet into a pile of filth. It says, I think the encyclical charges every human being with protecting and caring for physical environment, and that's long overdue. Margaret Dame, superintendent for the Archdiocese of Newark, told National Journal. Diane Starkovich, superintendent of Catholic schools in Atlanta, says as teachers plan for the fall, particularly in high schools, they can see our theology faculty uh, reading this and looking to make sure we are covering this in all our curricula. Almost 2 million students pre-K through grade 12 attend the Catholic schools in the U.S. This push to add climate change-related education isn't only in Catholic schools, the Catholic Multicultural Center in Madison, which assists low-income and immigrant populations, offers an, uh, environment education programs and welcomes the encyclicals affirming the importance of taking care of the environment. The Pope's encyclical states that the earth, our homes, begin to look more and more like an immense pile of filth. We need to reject a magical conception of the market, which would suggest that the problem can be solved by simply an increase in the profits of companies or individuals. Well, we've been living in a system so long now, it's the province of big, big corporations that get it, and not the small individuals down beneath them. That's the problem, too. So this goes through, again, the fact that the, the, this, this Pope's on board with it. That's a lot of power, you understand. Millions of folk follow our religion. And that's what they said um, in Bernays' day, because he helped to to push the whole concept of consumerism. But he said that uh, don't go out into looking for uh, towns to persuade whole towns to buy your products for corporations, for advertising. He says go out and get, re- recruit the top ministers and preachers and folk who already have a following to be on board with what you're pushing. And, and they bring all their followers with them. You find that the, the, the various uh, c- uh, communist agencies were also pushing the same thing back in the 50s and actually in the 40s as well. In this article here, it says the Catholics in the Philippines make climate change a priority after the Pope Francis' encyclical. And it says uh, the promise to collect 10 million signatures calling for a sustained response to climate change. And this photo of fishermen showed the photos, you know, and all the rest of it. It says the Philippines is Asia's largest Catholic country seeking to gather 10 million signatures for a petition that would be pressure the world leaders to act on climate change. 
Uh, it says, after a scathing encyclical from Pope Francis in June, we warned that planets begin to look like an immense pile of filth. R- religious leaders from Manila have uh, pledged to gather more signatures for the Catholic climate petition, which they are going to hand to world leaders in Paris in November. That's the big, big meeting. Uh, they started off with the Kyoto, and then every every year they have one or two meetings more, and and further sign us all into this big takeover of all our lives by the few again. You see, it's not hitting the problems at all. It's not hitting any of the problems whatsoever. And and you can't go back into some medieval system where the Catholic Church was at its pinnacle. You can't go back in time to, to that era either. Because that was a feudal system. Folk didn't know what democracy was. If anybody came up with the idea, then they'd have been slaughtered. And this article here also says, Naive and out of touch, leading evangelical bishop slates the Pope's climate change encyclical. A leading evangelical Church of England bishop and a Labour member of the House of Lords have criticised the Pope's encyclical on the environment as a naive document that hankers for a lost world. The Bishop of Chester, Dr. Peter Forster, and Labour peer Bernard Donoghue, a lay Catholic, said, said the Pope Francis' landmark document uh, uh, is, an, uh, is an idealism that longs for a, a world where cats no longer chase mice and species do not kill and eat each other or become extinct. The Pope said in the cycle that the world risks becoming an immense pile of filth, blah, blah. Then it says... Um, Dr. Forrester and Lord Donoghue challenged this pessimistic view. Tos encyclical is colored too much by a hankering for a past world prior to the Industrial Revolution, which is assumed to have been generally simpler, cleaner, and happier. There's little historical evidence for such a vision, and for most people then life was brief. Most people, it's true, the rich wasn't uh, painful, poor, and even brutal, they say in a paper for the Global Warming Policy Foundation. In particular, they criticized the encyclopedia for its negative view of capitalism. And you find, too, uh, that this Pope who, it goes back to the old con again. Uh, it, who does he invite in to talk about the world's poverty? Naomi Klein. She's still pushing communism. But it says uh, the Pope is on a tear. Great evil stalks the world, and he's determined to denounce it. That evil is global capitalism. Well, it's correct on the system of money that's set up at present. It's correct on that, folks. But he's got it all wrong with everything else. It says, in South America last week, Pope Francis cited St. Basil of Caesarea's description of capitalism as the dung of the devil. Capitalism has made men and women slaves to greed and has spread death, destruction, and poverty throughout the world. Uh, global capitalism is a colonialism of our time. Its agents are rapacious multinationals, international loan agencies, and certain free trade treaties which only enrich the 1%. Well, that part is true. That's, that's true. Human beings and nature must not be at the service of money, the Pope said, because that economy destroys the earth. It destroys all, all, actually, if it's just utter, pure greed, doesn't it? It says, as one observer said approvingly, he sounded like Naomi Klein in a cassock. Indeed, it seems Miss Klein and the Pope are new BFFs. The Vatican invited her to speak there after it published its new encyclical on climate change, which called for an ecological conversion among Christians and non-believers alike. Both Ms. Klein and the Pope are just to abandon industrial capitalism to save the planet. Ms. Klein is thrilled to have the pontiff on side. 
what Pope Francis is saying is that the roots of poverty and the roots of climate change are the same, she said. It is this logic of domination and endless greed that has created a broken economy and that is breaking the planet. So the roots of climate change and poverty are the same. So against pushing this man-made global warming thing, you see, and believe you me, not all the scientists by any means are on board with this this theory. Because it's a con to change and, and run us even more minutely from birth to death, this whole the con, you see. There's always been climate change, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Every century, it's what happens. Always been like that. This is, well, God knows global capitalism is far from perfect, but I'm not entirely sure of what alternative these two have in mind. They seem to be calling for a sort of mass enlightenment when the world's rich. That's us, supposedly, you see. We, 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 if you live in a certain country, you're supposed to be rich. We'll voluntarily renounce our cars, central heating, air conditioners, plane travel, electronic gizmos and refrigerators and embrace the low-carbon footprint life of the original St. Francis, who wandered far and wide as an itinerant preacher. Alas for us, we're no saints. Also, without modern agriculture and distribution systems, we'd starve. But those are merely quibbles. And, and that's really what this is all about. You always get this, this present corrupt capitalism system where money is never static to start with, or the value of it, and it's all rigged by the big bond uh, guys who run the bond market and the stock market. And, uh, and communism, these two outdated, nonsensical things. Two of them, they're both the same, you see. Remember through the entire era of communism, Soviet communism, and look at China today, and the Soviet communism, all, all the so-called people who, who were there as servants of the people up in the Politburo, Live like kings, folks. Well, the folk down below had to barely get by. I mean, barely get by for survival. That's human nature again, unfortunately. It really is. So that those give a utopia which never emerges and cannot emerge. Because this greed factor is aberrant in a lot of people. It truly is. It's quite something. So you always get the choice between this or that, this or that. It's always the same, this or that, isn't it? The point is, folks, the big boys who already own the world run all sides of everything. In fact, when you look at who funds all the NGOs, most of the NGOs out there that go under the umbrella of the UN, just look at them all. It tells you all you think for yourself. You can see it right there. Why would the big international corporations, the biggest be funding uh, the global warming theory and, and all the NGOs that are saying, oh, it's man-made, man-made, we've got to cull off the planet, cull off too many folks, get, get rid of them all, all the folk we don't need anymore. Really? This is just getting pushed, you see. And we are getting poisoned. Of course we're getting poisoned, we're getting chem sprayed for years now. Every day. It's a reality, it's routine. And then they won't even, again, these big agencies that supposedly protect you, like the FDA and all the rest of it. House, the U.S. House of Representatives passes the anti-GMO labeling law. Cause, why? Because they love you. So you're not allowed to know what you're eating anymore. They won't allow anybody to label, mandatory labeling of food made with GM produce. So the, it passed the, the bill.
says it blocks any mandatory labelling of foods made with genetically engineered crops, including pre-empting a state law set to take effect next year in Vermont. It's dubbed the Safe and Accurate Food Labelling Act by supporters, but uh, the Deny Americans the Right to Know, or DARK Act, by opponents. The measure was approved by 275 to 150, with 45 Democrats voting for the bill. They're there to help you and protect you, are they? Oh, for God's sake, stop voting, eh? Get out of these party nonsense things, you know. You, 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 oh. Wake up. Wake up, folks. Because this, this con's been going on forever. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. And for we're getting sicker and sicker and sicker, as you well know. Not healthier and healthier. So, uh, we're getting poisoned, basically, from many different quarters. Many different quarters. So that's about it for what's passed off as news in this day and age. And uh, it's, it's getting scarcer and scarcer. We, get, we can't get any truth on anything now. It all goes through public relations departments, from governments to everything. It's all public relations experts. And that's just a means of putting things across to the public in a very obscure and lying fashion. Otherwise, you would need PR departments in the first place. And if all the different departments were there to represent or be honest with the public, you would need them, would you? Very simple, isn't it? But we truly live in a world of illusion, and we're trained to believe it's all so. Now, remember, too, you can use the archive section at cutting3medics.com website. Make good use of it. Lots of thousands of vote use every week. And uh, for, there's so much data in there going back for many years. And you can buy the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com or you can donate and help me tick along here because this is not uh, what most folk go into things for. This is, this is something that has to be done. That's why I say what I'm saying and I talk about what I'm talking about. It has to be done, folks. At least you know I go out of this world knowing things rather than being in the dark. From Hamish myself, from Ontario, Canada, it's good night, me or God or your gods go with you. <laughs>